Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I am your host, pregnancy-focused chiropractor, Dr. Elliot Berlin. You've tuned into the after episode of a before and after birth story. My guest today is from Northern Italy. She's a muralist and sign painter, and her first pregnancy went well, but after the birth, she started to feel some awful tailbone pain. Turns out it was broken. She just had her second baby, and we're going to see how the pregnancy and birth differed. Valentina Trentini, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So we talked a bit in the first episode about all sorts of things, how you met your husband and didn't like him, but then you met him again (laughs) and you did like him and you had babies together. Your first pregnancy and your birth and how afterwards... If I remember correctly, you said you injured your tailbone during a snowboarding competition first. Yes, when I was 18. When you were 18, and then after you gave birth, it felt similar, but nobody believed you. Yes, correct. Absolutely. It was horrible. Eventually, eight months of recovery later, you finally started to feel like yourself again after seeing an Italian osteopath. Yeah, absolutely. After like three sessions with her, it went back in place and the pain went away. Thank goodness, because it was like almost eight months of like pain. And such a critical eight months trying to take care of your newborn. Yeah. The first eight months, it was really terrible. Like I wouldn't go back in time and do that <laughs> ever again. <laughs> so. And even though you're one of the world's nicest people and we need more of you, <laughs> you. Um, the planet made it difficult for you to have your next baby. Yes. Yeah. So I lost three babies between my older daughter and my current daughter so it was not fun you know I went through a lot of pain and a lot of like anxiety I was really discouraged but everything turned out fine thank goodness you know I was really lucky I mean you were finally doing IVF and then right before you went in for your injections you found right out the day pregnant. before yeah the day Just, before I found out I was pregnant, I took two different tests to make sure that I course. was really pregnant. Well, in your case, I probably would have taken 20. In your fertility testing, did anything ever come up as like a reason why too much? Absolutely not. Pregnancy? Both me and my husband were completely fine. Nothing happened. Nothing at all. We were completely like, let's say normal. And uh, we yeah. never had a single problem. And, you know, even the fertility doctor was like, I have no idea why you are having these recurrent miscarriages, but it's kind of, let's say, normal at your age because, you know, you're past 35 and, you know, it can be kind of normal. But yeah, nothing came up. During your pregnancy, understandably, you had some anxiousness, some fears. Did you have those in your first pregnancy? No, my first pregnancy, I was super chill. I was never anxious. I never had a single doubt that, you know, like even when the doctor at the beginning told me like, oh, you're pregnant. I was four weeks pregnant. What he told me when we found out, he was like, well, we need to wait until eight weeks. We're going to talk and like in four weeks, like, you know, if something happens, it's kind of normal. And I was like, what can happen? Like nothing is going to happen. Like in in my mind, I was like, well, I'm pregnant. I'm going to have a baby and it's going to be done. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. So this anxiousness that started to kick in, was that related to what? Well, at the beginning, I was like anxious that I was going to have a miscarriage early. In the middle of it, I was anxious that my baby would have had a brain damage. 
And toward the end, I was anxious that I would have had a stillbirth. So I think that when my brain started to understand that everything was going well, my brain was like finding something wrong. Because I think that the pain that I went through with the three miscarriages was too much for me, then my brain was trying to like, put me in a safe place and be like, okay, something is going to happen. You need to be prepared if something is going to happen. Expect the worst. Yeah. Literally, I guess during pregnancy, you would say expecting the worst. Yeah. How did you deal with that anxiousness during the pregnancy? I did a lot of therapy. I was seeing my therapist like every week. I was, you know, doing with you like a lot of like uh, sessions and I was doing acupuncture and I was doing a lot of physical exercises because I was trying to release all the stress and all the anxiousness, but it never went away. It was always in the back of my mind and my head, you know, I was like dealing with it, like living with it living with the fear that living with the anxiousness, living with all these like horrible feelings that I was trying to like, you know, be happy and enjoy the pregnancy. Now looking back at my pregnancy, everything was perfect. I never had a single problem, but it was a very hard nine months. And I felt like I was holding my breath for nine months. That's what I was feeling. Hmm. And you were also concerned about that tailbone. Yeah, that was one of my biggest fear. Like at a certain point, I started to like ask my doctor if I should have had a C-section instead of vaginal birth, because it was like, maybe I have less chance of breaking my tailbone with a C-section. And my doctor is amazing. It was like, let me talk to a specialist that is a good friend of mine and ask him what you should do. And even the specialist was like, I would not do it if I were you. And my doctor was like, I would not recommend it to have a C-section because yes, you are going to recover in two months instead of eight, you know, but at the same time, it's still like a major surgery. It's still like something that your body is going to have to go through. And, you know, there can be complications and you never know. And of so. course, there's a chance that your tailbone wouldn't break. Yeah. All right. So how was the very end of your pregnancy? The very end of my pregnancy was, I was still very anxious, but actually I started to feel a little bit more at peace because I was just counting the days and I was still thinking, oh my God, I'm going to break my tailbone. I'm going to be in pain for so long. But at the same time, I was like, okay, we're very close to giving birth. The baby's still fine. She still kicks. And, you know, it was like a mix of feelings. I was in a glass of emotions, you know? Hmm. When in the 40-week count there, and how did your labor start? So the labor started when I was 39 weeks, 38 or 39, I think 39. Yeah, because I was six days early. And I didn't sleep that well the night before. My husband had, you know, like a sore throat. And he kept me up all night and I was like, well, great. I cannot sleep. And then I kind of like woke up at 7 a.m. I was like, hmm, something is like hurting. And I was like, oh, maybe it's a contraction. And I started to like time them. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm having contractions. So I called my sister-in-law. She came from Oregon to like help me and be in the room with me. And I was like, okay, I think it's time. And I told my husband and he was like, well, it's 7 a.m. I need to go to work. Do I have a couple of hours? It was oh, like, wow. <laughs> no more, <laughs> no more than a couple of hours. 
So, yeah, so then I called them at 930. I was like, well, they're like three minutes apart. I think it's better if you like, you know, you come home right now. Wow. Three Um, minutes apart. Yeah. Let's say three to four minutes. Most of the time there were three minutes apart. Also, what did they feel like? It was weird because with my first pregnancy, I was at home for seven hours and I just remember the worst part, like the painful, painful part. This time it was not bad. And I was like, wow, this is actually not painful. So I can do everything without an epidural. Like this Hmm. is easy. No, (laughs) you know, I started to feel like contractions in my back. And I think then the the, the adrenaline kicked in and I was just so happy. Uh, I wasn't in that much pain, you know? And you were home with your sister-in-law? I was home with my sister-in-law, with my mother-in-law, with my niece and nephew, and my daughter. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It's a big crowd. Everyone, yeah. Everybody was around you? Yes. And then I was like, well, I looked at my daughter. I was like, Nini, my mom is going away for two days. I'm coming back, and I'm going to bring you a sister. And she was like, okay, mommy, I'm going to see you in two days. And I was like, okay. She's four years old? She's four and a half, yes. Okay, so she understands. Oh, yeah, she fully understands. Big time. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll find out what happens when you head to the hospital. We'll be right back. (laughs) I have an incredible offer for you for my friends at Needed. An astounding 95% of women aren't meeting their omega-3 needs. Omega-3 fatty acids, especially DHA and EPA, are crucial for both mother and baby. They support brain and eye health, maternal mood, immunity, and much more. But it can be hard to get enough omega-3 from diet alone, especially during pregnancy when many people are averse to eating fish. And if you've ever taken a fish oil pill, you know just how unpleasant that can be. That's why I'm excited to share that my friends at Needed have revolutionized the omega-3 supplement with two different options designed specifically for mamas. An omega-3 powder that blends into smoothies and a pill option that tastes like fresh citrusy bergamot. Both are sustainably sourced from vegan algae, not fish. Both are great options for nausea and sensitive prone mamas. Needed's Omega-3 powder is delivered in liposomes, nature's very cool way of protecting and delivering Omega-3 just like in breast milk. Needed's Omega-3 is clinically proven to be five times better absorbed than fish oil pills. The powder is mild tasting and it pairs great with Needed's prenatal multi-powder and collagen protein powder in a daily smoothie. If powder isn't your thing, Needed's got you covered with those Omega-3 plus capsules, which have a pleasant citrus flavor. Needed is sharing an awesome pre-order discount just for my listeners. Buy two, get one free on either Omega-3 option, powder or capsules. You can stock up on either one or try them both. With this exclusive discount, use code 3BERLIN, the number 3BERLIN at thisisneeded.com. Put three Omega-3s in your cart, use the code number 3BERLIN at thisisneeded.com. Buy two, get one free welcome back to the informed pregnancy podcast we're talking to valentina trentini she is in our story now in labor a long journey to get there and a lot of heartache and anxiousness going into it but labor starts surrounded by a lot of family except for your husband who's at work and it's not too intense And you decide, though, to go to the hospital. Is that because the pattern changed? 
Because my doctor was like, when you're like less than five minutes apart, just come to the hospital. And then, you know, just don't stay home. Like we're going to check. And then if you need to go back home, we're going to send you back home. If not, we're just going to keep you here. But the good thing is that I got there. I opened the door of the room where you check in. And my doctor was there. Oh, <laughs> so it was the day that he was on call. So oh, I wow, was, how nice. yeah, I was the happiest person. And it was amazing because a week before he told me like, well, if you give birth on Friday or on Monday, that's when I'm on call. And actually <laughs> I went on in labor on Friday. Oh. Yeah. So I got there. He checked on me. He was like, well, you're three centimeters dilated. Usually we keep you in the hospital at four to five, but I know you, I know, you know, your body. So if you tell me that you prefer to stay here, I'm going to keep you here. So I was like, I think that it's changing really fast. So he was like, okay, stay here. Three centimeters. I mean, how was that news to you? Is that what you expected or? No, I thought that I was like more than that, (laughs) but I was like, uh, something is changing so fast. The contractions are going so fast and they're more intense now that I was like, oh, I'm going to dilate faster like than everyone thinks. And actually less than an hour later, I was at five and a half. And so, yeah. And I was like screaming and everyone got into the room and they were like, are you giving birth right now? And I was like, no, I'm just in a (laughs) lot of pain. Okay. Wait a second. But your husband's with you now. Yes, my husband was with me. Anybody yes. else with you? And then his sister. So my sister, oh, and her sister came also. Me. Yeah, okay. so the two of them. All right. So when it got a lot more intense, do you remember like where you felt it and what about it was more intense? Um, actually, I was in the room, like in the waiting room. Like I don't know how you call it in English, but it's like the room triage. Yeah, triage. Thank you. <laughs> that one. So when I was in the triage, the contraction started to get closer and closer together and very, very intense. But the thing is like, they had to put the monitor on my belly and they had to monitor the baby for 20 minutes, like, but in a row and they didn't tell me. So I kept moving because I was in a lot of pain. Oh, so you kept restarting the count? Yeah. So every time they were like, no, we have to redo it. We have to redo it. I was like, no, but I was like, give me an epidural. I can't deal with this anymore. I need an epidural right now. And so they put me in the room and like within an hour, they gave me an epidural and thank goodness I was in heaven. I was like (laughs) so happy. So, so happy. Did the first time you tell me the epidural slowed everything down for you? Yes. That's what I think it happened the first time. My doctor thinks that that was not the epidural because the epidural actually like accelerate. Yeah, speeds things up. But I think that the first time, the fact that my body was in shock, I was in so much pain and my body like just shut down and my body was like, I can't deal with this anymore. You need to relax. You need to rest for like a little bit and then we can continue to do this. So this time, actually the epidural, like I was like five and a half, six when I got the epidural. And then within like a couple of hours, I was already at eight. So everything was going perfectly. Fast moving train. Yeah. Now at this point, is there any of that anxiousness or you feel calm? Is there any concern? Like talk about how to protect your tailbone for what's coming next. At that point, I started to like see all the nurses coming in, like all the nurses, like the two nurses that I was assigned to and the midwife and my doctor. And we all talked about 
okay, last time I broke my tailbone, what can we do for this not to happen again? The nurses were incredible. Like they were seriously amazing. They were all super understanding. They were like, okay, when it's time to push, you're going to push on your side and you're going to push on your hands and knees. So we're going to try to like not put any pressure on your tailbone. So that was my biggest fear. And I told them and they were like seriously very understanding. And they were very sweet with me to the point that I was talking to the nurse because she was like asking me questions, like, you know, like routine questions. And she asked me, are you anxious or any, you know, like bad thoughts that you had during the pregnancy? And I was like, well, I'm scared that I'm going to have a stillbirth. But, you know, that's me. You know, I tried to put it like, you know, make a joke about it because I I was kind of uncomfortable because every time that you try to tell something like this to someone, they're very uncomfortable with you saying that. Sure. And she stopped. She walked around the bed because I was on my right side and she was behind me. And she looked at me in the eyes and she was like, this is a different pregnancy. Nothing is going to happen to you. I'm here for you. Anything you need, you tell me I'm here for you. Uh And it was the first time in almost two years that someone in the medical field, like really talked to me on a human level, you know, and really made me feel comfortable. Like she was listening to me. And she didn't just say like, oh yeah, you know, like it's fine. Everyone thinks that or no, like she really thought that something was wrong and she needed to tell me that she was there for me. And it was amazing actually. And so that really calmed me down. And then my doctor came in, it was like around 2 PM and he was like, well, I don't have any nurse right now to like be with me, like to start to push. And I have two emergency C-section. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And he was like, would you be comfortable to wear a little bit? And I was like, I am on vacation. I have my epidural. (laughs) I am not in pain. I have my bed. Don't even worry about it. Do what I have to do and come back when, you know, if it's time, I'm going to let you know. And then at 5 p.m. I was ready. And then at 530, we started to push and I actually pushed on my side. And like last time, the pushing part was amazing. I felt empowered. I felt like strong. I felt like, oh my God, I can do this. This is really what I'm good at. (laughs) You're a pusher. Yeah, I'm a pusher. (laughs) So, (laughs) Because of the epidural, like how much could you feel or not feel? I felt everything. Did they deliberately turn it down? No, because with Kaiser, they give you the remote. So you can push the button and give yourself as much epidural as you want. But after a certain point, like they tell you, okay, you're almost there. Like you cannot push the button anymore. No more epidural because we need you to like feel a little bit, you know? Yeah, you felt a lot. I felt a lot. And actually when I was on my side, I was feeling more. So she wanted me to go on my hands and knees because the baby wasn't turned in an ideal position. And the nurse, actually, she was amazing because she asked my husband and his sister to be on both sides and then to have this blanket and to wrap this blanket on my belly. Oh, like a rebozo. Yes. And she was like, I saw this midwife doing it to another patient. Let's see if this works with you. And they rubbed my belly for like, I would say like five minutes, something like that. And the baby turned 
and oh, wow. she was like great the baby just turned you can be on your back and then we can push it out oh wait, wait a second did you feel the baby turn i don't remember that okay. i was like so in the moment that i don't know if i felt the baby turn two more questions one is because you said you could feel a lot with the epidural kind of wearing off what sensations did you feel pain pain on my right side because um, she was pushing on my right side oh like in your right hip yeah so the right hip back and a little bit in the front was where i was feeling in the most that's interesting because in pregnancy you kind of had some discomfort there yeah yeah that's true okay so then the baby rotated into a better position and then do you still feel the pain at that point and also is it only with a contraction or you feel it all the time i was feeling it all the time but i knew that she was so close to coming out that it wasn't a problem you know and then actually when i was on my back i thought that the nurse was like giving me a perineal massage and i almost told her no massage i don't want that massage and i saw her that it, she wasn't even close to me and i was like oh that's the baby's head <laughs> the, <laughs> baby gave you, <laughs> the baby gave you a perineal massage yeah and the best part was that my sister-in-law told me oh i see some eyes oh i see a chin oh i see some shoulders and when she was telling me that i was feeling everything wow. i was feeling the shoulders coming out i was feeling the everything coming out and it was like with my daughter i wasn't feeling that with my first daughter and that was like incredible I was like, this is amazing. Like, it was seriously the most amazing feeling in the world. Wow, that's great. Yeah. A lot of people talk about burning during that time. Did you not feel burning? No, I felt a lot of pressure because her head was like halfway out. And they kept her there for like what felt an eternity. But for sure, it was a few seconds. But no, when she was coming out, I wasn't feeling pain or burn sensation, nothing. I was just feeling her coming out. Literally her body parts yeah. coming through you into the world. Yeah. And wow. then when they put her on me, I was like, I just ask everyone, is she's breathing? Is she alive? Is she breathing? Is she alive? That's what I was asking everyone. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, emotionally, how did that feel? Like when they put her on your chest and you were there and she was healthy? I felt like a giant rock that was not on my shoulders anymore. I felt light. I felt this like relieved. I felt that I could breathe. I remember that I was like breathing, like deeply breathing. And I was like, okay, she's here. It's done. It wasn't that bad. You know, my head did everything. And I was just relieved. I was like seriously relieved and happy that I could breathe. All right. Let's take one more break. When we come back, I have a few more questions about what happens next in the moment and after you get home. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Valentina Trentini. Okay, so a long, long road to get to that beautiful finish line. It sounds like a really gorgeous finish line for you. And also sounds like the weight that had been sitting on you for nine months on your shoulders released as soon as the weight sitting on your pelvis also released. You 
talked about how during pregnancy, the game plan was to sort of be on your side or all fours, but it sounds like when you actually pushed the baby out, you were on your back. Yeah. Was there like a conscious change in choice? No, at that point, I was in the hands of the nurse and the doctor, and I was just trusting them because they won my trust. I was like very comfortable with them. And the nurse was like, don't worry. Even if you push, the last push is like on your back. Everything is going to be fine. Nothing is going to happen to your tailbone. I promise you, we're going to do everything we can for you not to be in pain anymore. So I just trusted them. I think that I was feeling that everything was right, you know, because I could feel more than with my first daughter. I think that my body knew what was going on and I knew what I was doing. So that's why I was like, okay, you want me on my back? I'm just going to be on my back. Nice. How is your placenta delivery? It was fine. Like even with my first daughter, like he came out right after they didn't have to do anything. I didn't even get any stitch, like no stitching, nothing. Ah, no tearing. Nothing. It was like clean, perfect. Were <laughs> you worried about what would happen when the epidural totally wore off? Ah, uh, yes, absolutely. When I started to like, you know, feel way more, when I started to feel my legs again, I was like, oh my God, is everything fine? Am I in pain? No, I'm not in pain. So that's great. Actually, like they wanted to give me Motrin, like the painkiller to like, you know, for the pain. I was like, I didn't even take it. I was not in pain. And I was happy that I was not in pain. Very happy. Okay. So no tailbone injury. Nope. Thank goodness. Nope. All that worry. For no reason. (laughs) You know, like you said, I think it was your nervous system trying to protect you. Yeah, I think that your mind is like so powerful. I was in so much pain during like the miscarriages, like, you know, three miscarriages in a year. It's a lot for anyone. Yeah, I mean, one miscarriage. is Yeah. And the problem is that not being able to like, you know, talk to anyone and not being able to have like a lot of support. Yeah, I had my therapist and I had you and my acupuncturist, but... Other than that, like none of my friends had to go through that. None of them. So it can feel lonely. And that's why I think that my mind was like, okay, let's have a plan for the second pregnancy. Let's find something that for sure it's going to be wrong. Believe that it's going to be wrong. So then if it's going to be wrong, you're going to be protected. Even if something goes wrong, it's not that because you're prepared, it's going to be less painful. Actually, it's even worse. I was telling myself during my miscarriages, see, I told you, you should have prepared yourself for like the worst. So then when the worst was coming, like you could have been prepared and not be in pain, but then you're in so much pain anyway, and it's really bad. Well, I'm sorry that you had all that pain and suffering emotionally and physically. And I can only imagine how much more you are excited to hug your little baby and to hear those cries 24 7 whenever they happen you know just squeeze a little harder how is postpartum how's having a toddler and a a newborn at the same time oh it's very hard (laughs) very hard i think that you'd never prepare for this like i'm very lucky because my daughter she's four and a half and she understands everything that is going on 
And actually, she's not really jealous about her sister. Actually, she's super happy and she wants to cuddle her and kiss her and be with her all the time. But still, you know, like she's still a toddler and she still wants my attention. And, you know, a newborn requires a lot of attention. So I have help. I'm really lucky that I have help. With my first daughter, I didn't have anyone. I was home alone with her and it was very, very hard. And I promised myself that if I would have another daughter, another child, I would ask for help, which is the most important thing right now for me. Yeah, it's great. It's actually everything I wanted and it's very tiring. It's very hard, but, you know, I'm very happy like that she's here, then everything went well and the pain is gone. That's that's, what I'm happy for. I'm so happy to hear that. What are you doing for your self-care now in the postpartum phase? I take long walks, which is what I really need the most. I work in my studio, which is very relaxing and you know, like that's my space. That's my time. Nobody like comes in my studio. I paint and I relax. For me now that this is working and it's the most important thing for me right now. And, you know, I'm going to go back to therapy for sure because I really need it. Because I think that, you know, the trauma is still there. So I, I really need to like deal with it, even if I'm feeling good. Sure. But yeah, painting is what makes me feel happy and relaxes me. So that's what I'm doing right now. And I get paid for it. What a win-win. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Are you still back to hanging off of bridges and ropes and things, painting giant murals and banners? Well, no, now, (laughs) not yet. But now I'm going to paint like a couple of vintage cars a couple of Porsche and I'm going to, what do I do? I have again, like I have another, like some coffee shops and some gold signs that I have to paint, which is very awesome. Like I love painting that stuff. Uh, So so yeah. I guess my last question for you is, does your family feel complete now or do you see yourself expanding again in the future? Uh, That's a good question. Like I always wanted to have three kids with my husband. When I met my husband, I was like, I'm sure I want three kids with him. I think that now my family feels complete. I don't know if I want to go through pregnancy again because it took a big toll on my mental health. For now, I'm fine. For now, it's like, you know, I have two beautiful daughters and I couldn't be happier. I don't know, maybe in six months, I'm, you know, I'm going to tell you, well, I want to have another kid, but I don't think so. I think that holding my breath for nine months was enough for me Yeah. to say, no, I don't want to go through that again. Pretty never say never, never, never say never, but that's what I feel right now. I don't think that that's my path. Yeah. I mean, it's good that you feel satiated, but that also that you have an open mind. So nothing's final. Yeah. Nothing is written in stone, but you know, I told my husband, if you want another kid, maybe we'll get a dog. <laughs> so <laughs> Maybe the dog is going to complete the family. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But I think that for now we're fine. We're happy. It's a happy ending, you know, like it was a very horrible story that has a happy ending. And I'm very lucky. and very grateful that I can say that. Uh, I'm so happy for you. You're like the nicest person. 
and very passionate. And every time I talk to you, I get hungry for pasta and pizza. <laughs> me too, actually. <laughs> uh, Valentina, thanks so much for joining me and for sharing your story. Tell us again where we can find you online. You can find me at Bruschetta Signs on Instagram and bruschettasigns.com. So if you want to see my signs and my murals and my art, you can go there and I share everything. Every week there is like a different project. So, yeah. Ooh. I can't wait to go take a peek. I will Thank see you, you there. At home, thanks for listening to our podcast. If you want more content like this, I would go to informedpregnancy.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a whole.